show. Yeah, yeah, not your mama's art show. Yeah, wherever we go, it's not your mama's art show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not your mama's, not your mama's art show. Yeah. Not your mama's hey, 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 welcome to Not Your Mama's Art Show. This is your host, Zach Jones, and with me today is my little pal, my t- petite buddy. One of the best artists in Colleen, Texas, soon to be Waco, Texas, and friend of the Necroelectric podcast, Oscar Fernandez. Hey. <laughs> How's it going, brother? <laughs> it's going good, man. It's going good. We're so close. Less than a week away, we'll be here in good old Waco. You excited for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, Definitely. yeah. Well, did you, didn't you like get your roots here in Waco? Well, I went to school. You went to school here? Yeah. I, nice. I did a, a community college at CTC. Okay. Nice. I graduated in Colleen. And uh, I went to TSTC over here for a while cool. before moving up north. Moving up to the great white north. Yeah, it was horrible. I'm sorry. That's awful. Okay. Came back to the best <laughs> state in the union. We're good. Best state in the union. Drinking a Lone Star. Are we allowed to say that? I, I guess. Are they a sponsor? <laughs> I think we're allowed to say that. They could be. They could be. They could be Lone Star sponsor us, please. <laughs> anyway, so uh, when did you start doing art, brother? Forever. Forever. I love that fucking answer. No, it's, it's like, you know, like, I, there's, like, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. But, like, honestly, like, as far back as I can remember is probably, like, doodling in my room in Georgia. And, like, I had, uh, at the time... Uh, my mom was a uh, sort of a, you know, single mother. Yeah. Raising two kids. And like, you know, she worked all day long, 12 hours a day. And pretty much my like escape was just going to my room and just drawing. Oh, nice. So it was just like, uh, of, you know, just a, a form of like later on even coping and things like that. But it's always been there. Nice. So it's not like, you know, negative or sad or anything like that. It's just like a, a form of expression that's always been there. Very true. So I, I don't know when it started. When it started. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. So like, what were you drawing back in the day? Like when you were a kid, like what was... What was one of the starting oh, points? Oh, man. <sighs> um, pretty much, like, it's funny. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, the big thing was black and white movies. Really? Yeah, so, like, any of the Universal Monster films, Dracula, Frankenstein, I fell in love with Godzilla. <laughs> Those are great. Those are all awesome. Those are my things right there. So, like, when we went to, like, Blockbuster back in the day, like, me mm-hmm. and my dad would go, and, like, I would rent, like, two Godzilla movies, like, the old ones from, like, the 60s, yeah. 70s. One where they have the dub, and it's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's all off. <laughs> Yeah, like the only memory I have of my uh, school, elementary school in Georgia, because it's so far back, was uh, going to the library and renting out like the books of like how they made the movies. Yeah. And I would just get those and like use those as drawing reference. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, like, I'm I'm so good at this. I'm so good at podcasting. He is. He's the best. (laughs) There's always like that moment of like pause. So uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it's just. It comes and goes. I'm, my mind is fleeting all the time. I've exactly. got random ideas. So it's just like, okay, I was on track where? I was on track. Yeah, yeah. What was I talking about? You Titties? Were... No, no. We're talking about monsters. We're talking Godzilla. About monsters. Yeah, Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla. So like, when did you start to develop the style that you have now? I don't even know what my style is, honestly. Your style is like, I would call it like, it's very line based for sure. You're like a very cartoony, like comic book kind of artist that doesn't put down sketches for some fucking reason, which is awesome. Well, here's the thing. So like, uh, let's see, besides monsters growing up, Power Rangers were a big thing. And yeah. like very early on. And then I want to say third grade when I moved to Texas. Yeah. Uh, DBZ. Oh, yeah. So there that's all I was drawing. Yeah. Like in school, blah, blah. And, and like, 
heavily anime influenced. Oh, yeah. And I've been taking art classes since sixth grade. Cool. And, um, which I hate. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's weird because, like, for, like, traditionally, like, over here, like, I don't know where it is everywhere, but, like, elementary school, middle school, high school, like, all the art classes are very, like, constrictive. Yeah. And they don't let you have, like, a lot of creative freedom, which no, is, like, the opposite way you should do with art. No, definitely. Here, here are, like, the fundamentals, and now express yourself. Yeah. And I would just get teachers, like, oh, anime is trash, blah, blah, the proportions, blah, blah. And I'm, like, sitting there, I'm, like, um, I watch anime, mm-hmm. and, like, the environments, the cars, buildings, everything around itself are way more, like, photorealistic, not photorealistic, but way more detailed. Yeah. And more realistic than half of the American cartoons we watch. No, Definitely. Especially in the in the '90s, where yeah. it was like Rock and Martin Life and like all those things, they're like you know they're they're stylized, they're zany. Yeah. In the '80s, they're more uh, you know more realistic, but then yeah. you got to remember all those cartoons, Thundercats and Transformers. They're all drawn in Japan anyway. Yeah, most <laughs> of them are, for sure. Now that makes total sense. So uh, at first it was a lot of anime, and then I got that beaten out of me by my teachers, and so don't you hate that? Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then later on, like in college, it's like, oh, express yourself. What does that mean? What is You've been telling me what to do for how long now? <laughs> What'd you go to college for? Um, what was it? The exact thing. It was just like a like a broad brush, like fine arts thing. And then when I went to TSDC, it was um, graphic design. Nice. Yeah. And then I didn't like it. Uh, no, nobody does. At, at first I did because I had like awesome... Um, Classes like character design and things like that, and those yeah. are, those were sweet. The, the teacher there, I can't remember his name, sadly, but he, he had just a lot of freedom and you know how you're kind of supposed to be an art teacher. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, but it started going into like programming and things like that, and I want to be on the conceptual side. If I'm gonna yeah. do, if, if I ever was part of like doing like a project, like a video game or anything like that, I want to do the conceptual art. Yeah, I want to design the characters, design the environments. I don't want to do the 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 actual like clickety clack. Oh, I made a tree. <laughs> like I don't care about that. Yeah, no, we, yeah, no. I mean, that takes that's his own thing, its own self. But like, that's not really the artistic thing that you want to go for. No, that makes total sense. So I know D and D is a huge part of you. Oh yes, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. When did that start? Um, so I've always been a huge nerd. But I've, yeah, but even to nerds, D and D is almost too nerdy. Yes, and that's a stigma it has since you know. As a since nerd, the 80s. as a nerd of many, I think. Well, okay, so let's get into the definition of nerd. I think everyone's kind of a nerd about their own things. Like mm-hmm. Sean, shout out to Sean Scanlington. Sean's a freaking nerd about horror movies. Yeah, for sure. Like them and Kylie and all that stuff like that. Jordan's a nerd about Harry Potter. Like nerd, nerd nerddom is nerd. But yeah, D and D has always been like that one thing where I'm like. Um, <laughs> like, and that's the thing. It's like the, the 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 term has evolved and lost a lot of its stigma. Because when I was a kid, it was shit being a nerd. Like, why am I getting made fun of for liking these cool things that I yeah. think that I think are cool? And now it's in the realm of pop culture, so all this stuff is cool. And now you're yeah. weird if you don't like it. If you don't like Definitely. Star Wars or Marvel or DC, you know, like like it's like whoa, what? Whoa, you're an American. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you don't go to see the new Marvel movie nowadays, it's like, uh, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Or you don't have, like, a tattoo of some sort, which is weird now. Because it's like, tattoos used to be, like, prison or criminal yeah. kind of, like, things. And now it's like, you see, like, all the little Baylor girls walking around with, like, little, little like, uh, commas on their wrist or whatever. Yeah, I saw, like, this guy who's, like, this big old thug-looking dude. And he had, like, a like a zombie Hello Kitty. It was, like, the cutest freaking thing ever. That's adorable. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So it's just, like, it, it's, it's lost <laughs> a lot of that uh, sort of... Again, stigma with it, but that's amazing. And like you've created your own games before, right? Yeah. So D and D. Let's see. I started when I was eighteen. Okay. My ex father in law. He used to play it back in the eighties. 
Okay. And he was real heavy into it. And I'm like, man, that sounds like super nerdy shit. Like, I, <laughs> like it sounds like a lot, like a, like a lot of math. And I was like, I don't want to get into all that. Yeah. But then when you actually play, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like the best. Yeah. I'd rather play D and D than like do drinking games or board games or anything like that. Cause it's, it's way more intimate. Really? Yeah. And it's like, People are intimidated because of all the material, the books and all that. Yeah. But once no. you actually get there and actually like just create a character, I'll, you know, we'll walk through it, we'll make a character real quick. After that, it's easy peasy. You just do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. The DM or the GM, whatever you're playing, just sets up the scene mm-hmm. and they just say go. And that's pretty much it. And then y'all just role play. And then basically you have these stats that only come into, um, they only matter when you start wanting to do things. So I want to break down this door or I want to talk to this person or blah, blah, blah. And now you had to roll for it. Yeah. And based upon your stats is whether or not you can, you know, actually succeed or fail at that. Definitely. But it's not hard whatsoever. No, it doesn't. I remember when I was a kid, which, you know, like I was 95 to like 2000 and stuff like that. My mom wouldn't let me play like the D&D books. I would always gravitate to them because they're in the library. I got dragons and demons and weird and crap. It looks awesome. And I was like, what is this? And I'd pick it up. And my mom like, no, that's devil stuff. Because of like Columbine, like Columbine happened and they like killed Marilyn Manson and like D&D with it. My mom's big thing was Columbine and D&D. It was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But uh, yeah, no, like what do you think of like, so the artwork in that kind of, in that realm is amazing. Like, so do you have any like particular artists that you like that do that kind of artwork? I'm horrible with names. Horrible. Like, like horrible <laughs> names. Like, like I will see a style, and I know that guy's style. Yeah. And like, I'll tell you, oh, he's done this and that. Like, I'll tell you his body of work, but I can't tell you his name. You can't tell you yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm horrible with that. No, that makes but, sense. But um, it's funny. I, I recently discovered, like, not even a year ago, was uh, D&D in other countries has different art. What? So, like, the actual, like, like D&D, like, handbooks, like, the original from, like, the 80s and stuff yeah. like that. Like, it has, like, uh, I don't know. There, it was multiple artists on the project. So it wasn't just one. Um, but like Japan mm-hmm. has D and D, but it's all like manga style and it's gorgeous. And like uh, an original <laughs> copy of that is like stupid expensive. Oh, I'm sure but the artwork is so beautiful. I was like, Oh, I'm going to have that one day. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a dream of yours for sure. I'd yeah. imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. That's amazing. So in art school, we get taught a lot of things about like fine art and versus low art. And one of the things they particularly attack is like playing card art the D&D art, that kind of art. What do you think about that stigma? Um, it's bullshit. <laughs> because, like, you look at, like, uh, uh, Frank Frazetta. Like, yes. he did all the old fantasy art and stuff like that. Love that stuff. And those girls are beautiful. They yeah. got titties. They got little pooches. They're kind of realistic. They're thick, <laughs> they're thick ladies, you know? They are thick ladies. I mean, and, I think they represent pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the, the artwork, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty much whatever you love comes out in the pieces. Yeah. So it's an expression of the individual artist. It shouldn't yeah. be like, I know like uh, growing up and doing art school, it was like, oh, photorealism is what you want. You want to be a good, like if you're doing charcoals, oil paints, whatever, it doesn't matter. You want it as realistic as possible. And yeah. I find that the opposite of what art is. No, I agree. Because what makes an artist an artist is they're pretty much their own individual concept of what uh, reality is. Definitely. So when they feel that, it, it's, it's expressed in the artwork. Yeah. So like, I, I, my myself, like, I'm, like, lucid dreaming most of the day. Yeah. Like, I know, like, I keep getting pulled back and forth from, like, the real world. Like, oh, I got to do this, uh, that. But then, like, half the time, I'm, like, looking at something, and I'm, like, daydreaming of some, like, crazy, fantastical thing. Yeah. And so, like, when I do my artwork, I put that into it. That's awesome. 
No, that's really cool. I actually like that for sure. So like one of <laughs> one of the things that our, uh, an art teacher that we had in Baylor for sure, uh, they would say was, if you want to do photorealism, take a fucking picture. <laughs> like, exactly. And exactly. I love that. I always love that. And I will always go by that. And like, I did photography at Baylor as well. And so like, I was, I was so for that. I was like, well, f- it takes all the pressure off of photorealism and like gives me the actual ability to just like interpret things the way I want it to. And, and honestly, I'm, I don't like reality. No. Like it's boring. We're trying to escape that. Yeah. Yeah. We're that, making art. That's, that's where I, that's why I do my artwork, especially, yeah. especially as a teenager where I, you know, felt like a lot of ridicule and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. was, that's where I, that was like my escapism. Like I'd go out there and I'd, I'd make the worlds that I wanted. Yeah. So very early on before I was even into D and D and stuff like that, I was making my own worlds. No, that makes like, total you know, sense. The, 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 where there was a, an entire planet or a kingdom, the creatures, even sports they would play and things like that. Yeah. And so when I got into D and D, it was almost so natural getting into that. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, just like the real world, it, it's cool and all, but it's going to be there, you know, Every day. Whether you want it or not, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, the real world's there. Yeah. All right. And then art just allows me to express it of how I would like the world to be. Definitely, for sure. So <laughs> I'm under the impression that bullying is almost a facilitator of art in a way. Be not like necessary, but like, you know, like going through those trials and tribulations as a young kid, like I, I have a feeling you did, I did, like a lot of the fellow artists we have mm-hmm. did, of like, you know, just kind of being a loner and whatever almost that isolation and not really like kind of being around a bunch of people kind of just spurs that creative activity. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? No, I agree with the whole Arla and you know, artists uh, sort of that escape from the realism to the fantastical is not that I wouldn't say like, um, like we're not happy with ourselves. No, but it, it does help if you're not happy with yourself. No, yeah. <laughs> you can create some great work if you're you know in, in, a, in a strong emotional state, whether it's happiness or sadness. Oh or yeah, anger. definitely. But yeah, like like look at me and you. Like I'm five foot two. <laughs> I weigh like 105 pounds. Yeah, and I have since like I haven't grown since I was like 15. Yeah. So you know I've always gotten made fun of. Yeah. And then you're a big old dude. You probably got made fun of. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. So it's just like you, you either grow thick skin or you have some sort of escapism. Some people do music. Some people do, you know, whatever type of thing they're into. They read yeah. books, yada, yada. We chose art. Yeah, for sure. No, that's the way it is. For sure. Chris Rock did a good joke about, uh, like, if you don't want smart people or if you don't want creative people, get rid of bullying. And I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense. I'm not actually like, and like, to, just to clarify, because I know there's some people out there that are listening to this going, is he talking about like promoting? I'm like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, let maybe <laughs> let people deal with their own things and cope in their own way instead of like protecting everybody so much. Yeah. And the thing is like b- bullying is never going to end. No. It, it, it's how you respond to the bullying. Exactly. So like, I like it because, you know, growing up, we we're talking about like, you know, the, the nerdy stuff that we, we yeah. ridiculed for is now pop culture and is good now. Oh, yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. It, like now it's like, <laughs> I remember when Pokemon Go came out, I'm sitting there watching like, Duke and like Brent and Brett and like Sarah like walk across the street playing this crap. <laughs> and I'm just like, bitch, you don't get to play that. I was playing that when I was a kid. And now you're going to come here and act like it's what the. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a good thing. It is good. And, and I, I like, I get mad about it too. I was like, this is bullshit. I, I used to get made fun <laughs> of for this stuff. Yeah. But I like it now because now that it's more mainstream, 
it gives us more shit. It gives there's you more, more stuff. merchandise. Now there's and Detective just, Pikachu. Oh, there's everything. There's <laughs> like oh, I, I have one of my rooms at home is his entire Pokemon room. Oh my god. <laughs> this is why we get along. <laughs> you and Pokemon Star Wars, I'm guessing, is another one. Yeah, I haven't decided whether I'm gonna do like you know what? I was gonna do either like a medieval D and D theme for the living room or a Star Wars theme. Oh my god. I might do the Star Wars theme and have the little back house I'm going to build and be the D&D room, so I haven't decided yet. Y'all have the luckiest kids ever. <laughs> they don't know how good they have it. They really they don't. don't. know how good they have it. My mother hates anything fantastical, sci-fi. It could be like a noir detective film. She likes kind of mystery stuff. Yeah. It could be that. She'll be totally digging it. The moment the guy has a laser gun instead of a pistol, she's done. She's done with it. Like, I don't, I don't want it. Oh, that kills me inside. Yeah, so like I, I grew up with that. Like my mom wanted nothing to do with anything. Like I love her to death, and I wouldn't change it for the world. But it's just not her thing. So when no. I, me growing up, I never had a parent that wanted to either play the you know the toys with me or play the video games with me. Yeah, and then my son gets all that, and that's amazing. I was like, no, 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 we're not gonna play that. We're gonna play the good shit. We're gonna we're gonna do the good stuff, and all like right. you're you're probably like getting them on like the actual kid shit for sure. Yeah, and it's, and it's, we're having a good old time, and I'm just looking at him like you have no idea. How good you, are. <laughs> you have no idea. No, there's gonna be like like I'm a I'm a little afraid of the next generation, but the few generations back, I think we're all right. I think the guys are like the kids that be raised by like you guys are like. Us like kind of bringing them up in the right way. I think hopefully, hopefully yeah, because they're not being you know it's it's less ridicule. Yeah, I for think sure. there's a lot more acceptance definitely. for what they like and things like that. Yeah, definitely. No, it's amazing. No, I grew up with uh, my dad loving westerns and John Wayne and like all that yeah, kind of stuff. Clint. It, yeah. Don't get me on that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And <laughs> that's not. Oh God! They both have their merits. Okay, as, as my dad said, John Wayne's John Wayne's gay. He never kissed a woman. He's kissed women in many. Anyway, let's not. This is an art podcast. <laughs> so I'm starting a Western podcast next week <laughs> called Oscars Not Allowed. <laughs> no, I'm gonna hop right in spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with John Wayne and like country music and stuff like that. So naturally I rebelled. Naturally I was like, screw all these things. I'm going to like listen to metal music and, you know, watch as many like horror movies as I can or watch as much like crap as I can figure out. So oh, that was like a, a big moment for me. Cause like I grew up with either like listening to like salsa merengue or like all my cousins were like into hip hop rap. Yeah. There you so go. like none of it really flowed with me. So I was yeah. really never into music growing there up you go. at all. Shit. And like, it just didn't, there was like, I didn't, I never felt it. You know, you, you feel it in your, in yeah. your soul. They're like, you know, okay, I'll go to the, 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 the quinceanera, the birthday party. We'll dance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's whatever. And then, uh, you know, every time, uh, um, what was that? What was that? Uh, suavemente. Like you, you, you go on the dance floor <laughs> and, you, and you gotta do those few songs. Oh but, um, God. But, uh, yeah. So like, it wasn't until ninth grade and my buddy Doug, I think it was, was it, it wasn't my first introduction to rock and roll, but it was like the first time I met someone that was into it. My first introduction to rock and roll was Corn Freak oh, on a Leash. There you go. And that was because my cousin, when I, I get home, she worked, and we were, she was in high school, and she, uh, they were much older than me. And I was I was like middle school elementary, and then like I'd go to her at home, and I'd record on the VHS's MTV. Yeah. So she'd like get her Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys, and all of a sudden. Corn was on, and I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> hey, I just felt it like vibrating through me. I'm like, this is so good. But 
I didn't know anyone else that liked that stuff. It, yeah. I used to grow up with people like that. So like my buddy Doug, he was listening to uh, Linkin Park. Yep. Everybody got that. And uh, their first album, which is their only good album. Hybrid Theory. Yeah. Their only good one. I'll, I'll, I'll die on that cross. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, and I was just like, bruh, you like rock and roll? He's like, yeah, man, just come over to my house. And so like all of a sudden I got introduced to all this stuff. And then my buddy Luis invite, uh, like introduced me to like Metallica, which is the greatest band of all time. You can give them shit all the time, but they're consistently good. You know? Yeah, no, they're consistently good. Yeah, so like I, I, I give them that praise. Even though like I like certain things more than others now. Okay, well, so we can say that the first three Metallica albums are the best. Agreed. Because like, like Saint Anger, Load Reload, <laughs> and their current like their their newest album is not awful. Listen, their newest album isn't awful, but Death Magnetic slayed. Death Magnetic was good, but Death the Magnetic, drums. Death Magnetic, the whole album was the drum was, was tracks heavy. were dog crap on Death Magnetic. <sighs> but that's because that's because everybody hates Lars Ulrich as much as possible. Yeah, because he's a dick. You know he what? Is and a that's dick. how rock and roll stars should be. They should be dicks. People have like a thing where like uh like when like it's either artists or actors and they find out that people are shitty. Yeah, they are shitty. Yeah, and that's why we like them. They they came out that 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 that, <laughs> that angst that they put in their artwork. Yeah, that's because they're shitty. Well, I mean, I guess I guess we can do that with Kiss as well and Gene Simmons and I hate Kiss. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, okay, that's cool. <laughs> no, it's just like it's like you got like these bands that they they look hard. Yeah, and, and they no, listen they're to them. Totally and they're like, it's, like, it's like Alice Cooper. Yeah, and you're just like. Dude, you look like like you're about to kill somebody, and then you listen to the music. School's out. And I'm like, oh, never mind. Hey, he's got something to say, but no, I yeah, get you. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, no, I mean that that was shock rock back in the day, though. I guess, like, and so and like none of those should be called metal. When they no. call like, like 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 hair metal, glam metal, they should not have metal attached to their name. <laughs> <laughs> now, like Motley Crue can be, I could, I would say they're metal for heavy sure. rock, heavy rock, heavy rock. Okay. Now, now, so so Oscar is the god of all music, <laughs> and he dictates everything that we. <laughs> okay, anyway, so we're gonna have to link this back to art because this is an art podcast. So how does music? Hey, music is art, man. Well, it, I get that as well, but like, how does it influence your art specifically? It, it influences my art uh, thematically. Okay. Um. So you're like listening to Nightwish. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes, yeah. I'm on a Marth. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> when I get to get my Viking groove on, hell yeah. No, the uh, But, like, when it's something really heavy, it, it helps me with what I'm trying to do with artwork. So if I want to do just something fantastical, yeah, like, I'll listen to, um, uh, like, just not, not, nothing with lyrics. No, that makes sense. Like, you some know, scores or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'll listen to something like that. But if I want to do, like, something gnarly, nasty, blah, blah, I I, I pick, like, the heaviest shit I can find. No, don't. Because it gets me in the mood. The Doom, the Doom new video game soundtrack. I've drawn to that so many times when I'm in a bad oh, mood. Oh, my God. I think it's Mick Gordon did it. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, not YouTube, but iTunes, whatever you get it. Spotify mm-hmm. is the kids do now. But, yeah, it's a... It's it's definitely good, like, kind of... It doesn't have any lyrics, so it doesn't distract. Or it doesn't, like... I don't say it doesn't distract, but sometimes when you're doing art, like, the lyrics can inform what you're going to do. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if I'm listening to Kill Em All by Metallica. I'm like, ah, I'm going to do it about someone killing somebody. And, like, I, I kind of zone out, and I don't listen to the lyrics. Yeah, that's And good. that's why I like picking stuff like The Who, where okay. it's Mongolian. I don't understand what yeah. the hell they're saying anyway. But it's it's super heavy and I, I like it. No, and there's that weird Norwegian band like whatever they're called. <laughs> I don't know what they're called, but that lady is chanting and they got like that that just like 
hypnotic beat going and it's yeah. heavy. I'm just like, all right, I can do this. No, that makes sense. Definitely. That's awesome. And like, so with what I'm doing now, obviously, like it's just like heavy metal influence whatsoever. So what specifically are you doing currently? So the big thing I'm doing now, which I'm kind of outsourcing some stuff for, because I didn't realize how much work it actually was. Because I, <laughs> I, I made a game in the past. I made a sci-fi sort of Western game. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, it was very simple. Basically, when I lived in North Dakota, um, it's, it's winter, eight months plus out of the year. Yeah. So, like, everyone up there became nerds. You either got into D&D, you got into Warhammer, you got into Magic the Gathering, stuff like that. Yeah. And with the D&D groups, like, I had to, like, homebrew a lot of rules to yeah. make it simple for them. N- not uh, sort of anything negative against them, but they've never played before. So, yeah. I just wanted them just to have fun. No, that makes sense. And so, I homebrewed so much. One guy was like, you might as well make your own damn game. You've homebrewed so damn much. And so, I did. And so, like, it was a very simplistic game, and now that I wet my feet with that, I wanted to make something more to my liking, more to Yes. Me. And so, like, you can go in there fresh without ever playing uh, an RPG or anything like that, and uh, or you can be a veteran and still have fun is the, is the game plan, but basically, it's a, it's a, it's a horror survival game called uh, Gospel of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. And so, basically... I've done a bunch of reworks of like, so there's no classes, there's no races, there's no leveling even. Yeah. And it's all focused on the storytelling and the combat. Nice. And so have you, you've explained this to me once and it was very detailed and very cool. But what I tell people, cause I'm, I'm helping you with some of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, spoiler alert. But, uh, <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, I'm working on D and D in hell essentially is what I'm doing. Yeah. In a way, so that's pretty, it's a pretty intense project, but I really, I think it's a really cool idea for sure. That was, that's an interesting one. And then you did this 30 day, like Inktober deal. <laughs> and what was the prompt that you chose to go with? For uh, that? I chose uh, titties and monsters. <laughs> Titty, uh, a lot of titties. Yes. Yeah. So every, every, every day, it, honestly, it was just me getting because I haven't drawn in a while, so it was just me getting back in the groove to work on Gospel of the Fall, that project. And so it was just like, you know what, I need to draw period. So everyone was doing like the Inktober prompts, things like that. And I did an Inktober one last year. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that was fun, but I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Let me do my own thing. Yeah. Just to get ready for it. And I was just like, okay, uh, monsters and titties. So everything was like, all right, here's a Medusa and titties. Here's like a, a mer person and titties. Here's like a vampire and titties. And just, you know, the whole month long. A lot of titties. A lot of titties. And you know what's funny? What? I don't know, like, like, out of, like, the 30, 31 days, however long. The October's 31 days. And uh, <laughs> I think I liked five. You liked five of them? Well, I yeah. mean, I think that's that's pretty much, like, the artist curse is, like, you you do all this work and you may like, like, two or three pieces legitimately. Yeah. And then you give it enough time and you won't like them anymore. And honestly, that's why I don't have it. That's why I don't have tattoos. Yeah. Because, like, I, I've drawn an entire sleeve in... I've saved up money, and then I went to. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go get it." And I look back at the design. And I'm like, "I hate this. I hate this. I hate this." And I do it all the time. I'll paint something. I'm like, "I'll love it in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'll love it a week later." And a month later, I'm like, "Okay, I need to sell this." Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Total sense. Now, I, my prices on my artwork drop a lot because as it gets older, it almost loses its luster to a degree. To to yourself, to myself, but to someone else. Yeah. So I have a great story. If we've got a minute. Yeah, we. Have several minutes. <laughs> we have several minutes. So when I was living in North Dakota, um, it's all fine artists. So mm. I would 
like they have a great art community up there. That's awesome. It's fantastic. But it's all fine artists. It's, it's oil painters, it's photographers, it's potters, glass blowers, things like that. And so like I would go to the art shows and they shove me in the corner because I'm just like a little illustrator drawing like yeah. freaking Deadpool and shit. And so <laughs> I did a lot of original stuff, which sold pretty well. But like the pop culture stuff, mm-hmm. they eventually got their first Comic-Con. Sort of like esque thing. Okay. And like I, I was, I was, I was happy because I was part of like the first two or three years. Yeah. There and I, I killed it there. I loved it. I was, you know, selling my art there. But like the first year or two, it was just these uh, fine art shows. Mm-hmm. And so like my stuff really wasn't selling just because it's you know it's illustration and digital prints and people are like they want like lithographs and things like that and like and I'm just like okay well that's cool and so like I just got tired and I like went to McDonald's. Like, middle of the show, I slept and went to McDonald's, and there was, like, a skinny, like, ash-colored tree. Like, the bark was, like, like very white. Yeah. And it had, like, these deep blood-red leaves on it. And it was very sparse. It had, you know, maybe 20 leaves on it total. Yeah. So, like, I had, like, this uh, foam board in the back, and the line was super long. So I sketched out this tree, and then with, like, prism markers, I, I created this, like, tree and, like, a little snow background, things like that. And then, so, like, I ate my lunch, and I was like, I don't want this shit. And so I went back to the art show and I just threw it in the front. And because I, 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 I was basically just going to give it away. <laughs> and like, there's this dude and he's just like looking at me. But he doesn't get close. He's like 20 feet away. And he leaves. And then I see him like, like throughout the day, he keeps walking around and he'll just like stare at my booth and keeps walking away and stares at the booth. And I'm like, man, what is this? I was like, you know, I need to know. I need to know because he's staring at the tree. Yeah, he doesn't care about my my like the other political art. art or comic book art, or whatever. So like, so I, I get up and I run over to him. And I'm like, hey man, like, uh, I, like good, bad, I don't care. I, I'm just wondering, like, what, what what do you think about that? And no lie, he looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, "It reminds me of my childhood." And like he had like this <laughs> whole deep thing. I'm like, dude, it's yours. Oh god, <laughs> so you never know what's gonna. You up. never know the situation. Yeah, you never know what's gonna appeal. It doesn't matter how along the art is sitting it's it's if a person has a connection to the piece yeah and that's how we are with anything whether it's music mm-hmm. you know even a, our favorite type of coffee you know yeah we feel some sort of connection to it so definitely no uh i was at the skeleton this past skeleton market mm-hmm. and uh one of the people came around it wasn't sean or kylie but it was one of the one of the vendors came around they're like hey we're gonna do a raffle do you guys want to donate a piece and then we'll raffle it off or whatever get people to your booth and I didn't really care if it got people to our booth. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I gave some piece to it, and uh, they did a raffle, and this girl won it. And apparently when the raffle was, when she was picking her thing, she just ran straight to my piece and grabbed it and then ran the fuck off. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and then, like, I, she hightailed it to my booth while I was gone. I was, mm-hmm. like, I was looking around, doing, I was doing something else. And so I come back to this girl just waiting for me at my booth. And I was like, hi, how's it going? She says, I won this in the raffle, and I think it's awesome. I just wanted you to know that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that made my day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. thank you. I mean, like, I just half-assed, like, suggest put that in there, and it worked out really well. So, yeah, that kind of connection that people can have with your art is and, one of the most rewarding honestly, things. honestly, that's the best feeling Oh, it's God. like like more than selling art. Yeah, money is great and all, but more than selling it, the best thing is you created something. Yeah, and then someone else feels the same way about it. Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely my drug of choice. Right yeah, there. like for sure. Like when someone's like <laughs> like I get this piece, 
and I love it. And they're, yeah. and they're like, I loved creating it. And yeah. there's that moment, that connection. It's 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 very intimate because yeah. it's it's you're, you're you're feeling the peace. And so it's just like that. That's that's what I live for. Yeah, I can do this for myself all day. I can jerk off all day long. But the fact that someone else likes something that I made, yeah. And I don't consider myself like a very good artist either. But Same. like, but like, you really really like this, really, really. Yeah. And that's always a funny thing to see their face when you go when you go like you really dig that and they're like yeah and it's, that's always a funny interaction. I think part of the thing with being a decent artist in a certain way, not that either of us are, I think we both are, but hopefully we are. I don't know. It's that kind of like <laughs> imposter syndrome where we're like sitting here going, I think I'm a good artist, but I don't know, and maybe and my I don't know. But uh, I think it's like being addicted to the process and being addicted to the result. So, like, we're addicted to, like, making the art, doing the art, constantly, like, getting towards that and addicted to, like, selling the art and giving it to people and, like, seeing that reaction. No, it's a, it's, a, it's truly an amazing feeling. And it's just, like, I didn't expect anything out of this. This was just some sort of outlet for me to express myself. Yeah. And if anything comes from that, that's a bonus. Exactly. Pretty much. No, that so, makes total sense. So it's just like, it's, 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 it's probably the best thing in the world when that kind of thing happens. No, I agree. So this is a question I like to ask everybody because it's a good little hot button topic. Mm-hmm. What do you think of current art trends? Like uh, poor art and uh, spin art and pendulum art and, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't keep track with a lot of things. I, I keep my sanity by like not watching the news and things like that. So it's just like I I, I get a glimpse of it. Yeah. I don't pay a lot of attention to it. Um, during the whole pandemic, quarantine, all that good stuff, you get a lot of people doing arts and crafts. You know. Yeah. They they they're just having fun. Yeah. Whether you want to consider it art is a personal thing. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say what's less or more. Because essentially that's what other people do to us. So I get that. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, it's just like, oh, you draw little anime things. Oh, you do little spin art where you grab like, or you do like the little, uh, um, yarn thing. And I'm like, you know what? That, that's a technique that freaking, uh, um, Jackson Pollock did, you know, he really is bad with names. Yeah. Terrible (laughs) names. Yeah. Horrible. So like, you know, it's just like, I can't get mad at them. Do you know what you're doing? No, no. But is it aesthetically pleasing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah to, to a degree. degree. Yeah, to, to a degree. degree. It'll look good, you know, on your on your wall and things like that, the colors. Like, there was a, um, when my son was not even a year old, Yeah, I, I took this huge canvas. Um, it was, I want to say, four by three, four by two, something like that. Maybe even larger. And I, I just put it in front of him. And I just poured a bunch of different acrylic paints on a paper plate. Nice. And I just put it in front of him, and he just smeared his hands all over it without knowing anything about art. Just he was just having fun. Yeah. And, I, and we hung that up, and it's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. You you think maybe a, a, like I'm not saying like oh an adult did this blah, blah blah, but it's just like the colors and the movement and all stuff. You know, it's 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 pleasing to the eye. So I mean, if it if it brings you happiness in the moment, then you know I'm I'm cool with it. You know what? I like that. I like that. That's definitely a different take that we've than we've gotten. So I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, because sure. you know, because like I said, if I was like the best of the best, sir, you know, yeah. if I was this amazing photorealistic, you know, oil painter, blah, blah blah, I might have to say a thing or two about this low art. But it's just like <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle to lower ground area, which is where I consider myself, and it's just like the expression 
the feeling in the moment is the most important thing to me. Yeah, no, definitely. And and so if I can get that out of it, then it was it was a success. Oh yeah. So if people are having fun doing it and they're doing their thing, I don't have to buy it. No, definitely. You know, and if it's something I don't like to do, that, that I was like, man, that takes a lot of prep time or that takes a lot of work, which is like why I don't sketch. Yeah, you do not sketch. That is the one thing about you that is the mo- well, that sounds bad. That that's the one thing about you that's interesting, Austin. No, no, that's true. That's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the things about you that just fascinates me is like you do these crazy detailed flipping like pieces, and there's no sketch behind it. There's no structure. There's no like scaffolding. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not trying to go for photorealistic. I'm not trying to go for a certain kind of structure. I'm just going for the feeling in the moment. So, sketching was basically the the sort of the the foundation. Yeah. Okay, here here's what I'm going to do. Now I've got to refine it. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to do what's in the moment, what feels good. And sometimes it I fuck up. So I'll, yeah. I'll look away from it or I drew it at a weird angle. And when I look at it straight, oh, the proportions are off or it looks elongated yeah. or whatever. And it's like, you know, that happens sometimes. And so, but like when I just go ahead and just go for it, I find that I do better rather than I do all the prep work. No, that makes sense. So that's why I got away from sketching and doing things like that. And sometimes it's it's ugly and sometimes it doesn't work, but you know, I'm 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 still happy with it. So Definitely. And I just focused on ink because that's the final result. You know, you want to you, you do your inks last. Yeah. You do your sketch, you do your fine pencils, you do your inks, then you do your colors and all that good stuff. I just want to do my inks. That works. And so like I eventually got to that point where the lines were a little thicker or, or a little more bold, a little finer. Yeah. And it looks a little bit like I I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, Oscar, thank you for talking to us today, brother. I appreciate course, it, man. Of course. And if you want to catch Oscar and me, you should check out the Paintbrush Socials Club put on by Sean Skellington. You can find it on YouTube and Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. whole lot of fun. I think we both did all right in that, for yeah, sure. Yeah, as someone who is not a painter, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, did, you did good. You did good. We figured it out, so. Well, guys, we will see you again next week. Catch you later. Deuces. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.